Hey guys, on this episode of the Fight to Finish podcast, CC and I sit down with Cody Nault, or Cody the Coder as he goes by on social media. We came across his profile and he was definitely sharing with the world his story where he left his home, left and challenged himself to make it out here in the Silicon Valley as a, a programmer coder. And uh, before I actually spoil the whole interview for you guys, uh, let's just jump right into it. We hope you guys enjoy it. All right, guys, welcome to Fight to Finish podcast. My name is Arwanes, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, my wife, Cece. And on the podcast today, we have Cody Nault. Um, he has a very interesting story. We actually connected through social media, and we're very happy to have him on the show today. Cody, thank you for joining us on the Fight to Finish podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, Cody, like I mentioned just a second ago, we connected through uh, social media, but I actually found your uh profile on tiktok of unlikely places um i was just kind of browsing the for you page and i stumbled upon uh, a video of yours where you were explaining that you had left your current job and drove all the way to the silicon valley in hopes of uh finding what's out here and uh you know by trade i believe you're a coder is that correct programmer coder yeah i've been yeah i've been coding for a long time (laughs) And so you just upped and left. I mean, take take us through that journey of number one, um, what made you decide to catalog it, and uh, number two, what kind of take us through the journey of you know sitting at the your current your your desk where you were at, and then moving out um, and taking a chance out here in the Silicon Valley. Yeah. So um, the very first video that I posted in this journey was just me actually, like you said, sitting at my desk and just saying, "I'm about to go for you know go look for something interesting to do." you know, start the next chapter of my life. But there was actually a lot of stuff that led up to that point. Hmm. Um, you know, a lot of just kind of things. I've been working at the same job for about the last six years. And uh, during that time, I finished my degree. And I was just at a point where it was really time to move on to the next thing. Yeah, uh, Programmers, <clears throat> especially, there's <laughs> kind of uh, this need to keep moving. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's, uh, we're taught growing up that stability is key. If you can work a job long-term, that's like the most important thing. But with people working in technology, a lot of times we kind of see this situation where if somebody sits in the same job for more than five or six years, they start getting stale. They stop learning. Um, they get really narrow-minded and, uh, and I really didn't want to become that person. So I, I had always kind of planned that I wouldn't be at that job for probably more than six years. And, uh, and there was just a lot of stuff going on, like, uh, around the Rogue Valley, which is where I came from. I had a lot of trouble finding people who were very passionate about the things they were working on. Um, you know, most, most of that area is pretty much, uh, the focused on the cannabis industry. Uh. Uh, <laughs> um, and meanwhile, a guy like me, programmer who's, you know, just obsessed with like data science and that sort of stuff. It was really hard for me to, you know, connect, find, find my people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was starting, I was starting clubs, uh, you know, data science clubs, things like that, um, you know, hosting lectures and events and stuff. And it was, just, it was really hard to just find people that I could just talk to and be passionate about what I'm working on with. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I talked to a lot of people there, you know, a lot of people were upset that I was leaving because they were saying like, Hey, you know, we, you know, build a company here, do something here. And it's like, with, with what, you know, I'm, I don't know who to hire. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. You know, it's like, even if I started my own company, like what people am I going to hire? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and every time I came to Silicon Valley, it was like, I just met people so easy. Like every, I spoke the same language with everyone here. And, uh, you know, I just realized like, you know what? if I'm going to build something, if I'm going to start something new, work from the, you know, uh, I need to do it in a place where there's human capital. Uh, you know, pe- my people, people who are passionate about things. And, uh, and so I came to the realization, it was probably like six months ago that it's like, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do this. Uh, I need to go to Silicon Valley, you know, and I kind of went back and forth, but finally like a few months 
I actually gave um, my previous job quite a bit of heads up. I said in 2020, I'm going to go on to another job. So let's start preempting them. (laughs) Yeah. Like I let, let's start preparing for my departure. You know, so because um, the system I had developed, we had to uh, basically onboard a, de- a, a development team to replace me. Oh, and, wow. Because uh, <laughs> I was wearing so many hats at my previous job yeah. that uh, we couldn't really find one person to come in and, and do all of my jobs. Um, so so it took a little bit, but we got everybody, uh, we got everything situated and and uh, and I had just set a date. I said, okay, I think it was like January 23rd. I'm like, all right, this is going to be my last day here. And I was so excited to just get down here. I had my car packed that night. Oh, wow. And, and so my first video was me sitting at my desk saying, I'm about to quit my job. I'm about to leave. I'm going to Silicon Valley. And then the next morning, like less than 12 hours later, my second video I posted is, I'm packed. I am about to go to Silicon Valley. And I posted that video. And, uh, got in my car and like my phone kept making noises all the way because of all the, like my notifications for likes <laughs> were turned on and I had to silence the notifications so it wouldn't distract me while I was driving. And, uh, by the time I got to Silicon Valley, um, I had looked at my phone and I had like my first thousand followers and I'm just like, Whoa, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was actually kind of funny because, you know, the day before I posted that, I was talking to a friend of mine and, uh, and, you know, a lot of the people up there kept saying like, Hey, we want you to keep us updated, you know, because you know, what you're doing sounds crazy. We want to know how it goes. And I'm like, well, how about I just like video blog it and I just kind of share it with you guys. And, uh, and I'm like, maybe I'll throw, maybe let's do something crazy. Let's just make it public to see if there's other people who are yeah. interested yeah. in this as well. And it's like, haha, wouldn't that be funny if I actually got like a, a following in the process? <laughs> and uh, it was more kind of humorous, like, eh, well, I'll try it. We'll see if anybody's actually interested in this. And uh, sure enough, uh, I, I'm over 10,000 followers now. Yeah, congrats. You and, recently uh, hit that milestone. I saw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's it's still growing. It's going even faster now. But um, uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, it's definitely been a trip and uh you know it was, those first couple of videos were kind of targeted more for like my friends and family yeah but and then um so many people just jumped on board immediately that it's like okay uh, apparently i'm going to have to be you know tuning these videos and for a general audience people who don't know me mm-hmm. so i kind of went into this not really with a plan a social media plan um and i've been kind of uh adapting as we go yeah (laughs) that's awesome what what did that feel like like when you made that decision to leave were you nervous at all or was it just like all excitement um that's a good question so i i know that i am uh i'm pretty confident in my ability to get a job i've my whole life uh i've basically been you know, building businesses and, and, uh, you know, I've, I've never really had a time in my life when I wasn't working and I know that my, you know, I'm very employable. So I wasn't really too worried about like, you know, Oh my gosh, am I going to fail? Because worst case, I just have to settle for less. Um, mm. <laughs> cause, cause, uh, really that's, you know, I'm not, you know, if, if I run out of money and, uh, you know, in my, my current plans kind of fail or whatever. I just settle for one of the other, you know, uh, a job that's not quite as, uh, interesting as I had hoped or something, but ultimately I'm, I'm not gonna, I, I'm pretty confident in my ability to survive. I've been through a lot worse than this. I think that's, and, uh, that's very important <laughs> to say, like, you know, to, to compare, like, I'm glad that you said that because, you know, a lot of people get nervous, um, to take a jump, whether it's a, you know, a business idea or going after their dream job, right? They get nervous of failing. And I think having an inkling of confidence in your ability, right? And some people like yourself that are born with that, that have that confidence built into them, um, but I have that, don't have to worry about that as much. But then there's a, tons of us, like myself included, I'm like, oh, okay, hold on. How about if I fail? And I just go down a rabbit hole. But I think having inkling of like confidence in your ability to like, I've been through worse. Um, I can survive this, right? I think that's very important to, to let 
people know that, hey, you know, you will come out on top as long as you try and you give it your all and whatever you're doing. I think that's huge. Yeah. And, you know, I, I briefly mentioned this in some of the videos, but these videos didn't really get a whole lot of views. So I'm not really sure how many people even really know some of my backstory. But this isn't the first time I'm homeless either. Mm. Um, you know, when I was 16, I finished high school from my car. And uh, that time it wasn't by choice. And, uh, and so when I was 19, I had moved to Oregon and, uh, I didn't have any connections and I was actually kind of dealing with depression at the time and anxiety and stuff. And, and uh, I really couldn't hold a full-time job back then. Mm. And, uh, cause it was really hard for me to do the nine to five things. So I actually just made a bunch of business cards and started knocking on doors and it was, you know, it was tough, you know, anxiety wise to try to put myself <laughs> out there. Yeah. Um, but you know, just knocking on doors and handing out business cards and saying, I just moved to the area. I know how to fix computers. Here's my card. Um, I would come home at the end of the day with a couple hundred bucks oftentimes because people would say, Oh, actually my computer's broken right now. Can you fix it? (laughs) And, uh, and that ended up like it, it snowballed to the point where I had so many clients that I had to open up a brick and mortar shop. And, uh, within a year I had three employees and, uh, yeah. So, so, I mean, I've done this before I've moved to an area and I did it from absolute, you know, from absolute poverty Mm. and there was no proof. All you have is my story. Um, and so when I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do this again, but I am going to do it from, you know, middle-class going up instead of poverty going up, you know, I want to do this again, but this time I'm going to document it. This time I'm actually going to journal it. I'm going to show my process because, you know, I tell these stories and, you know, it surprises people. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow, you came from living in your car to building your own business. And, you know, it's like I got to the point where I had my own store. I was CEO of my little corporation at age 20 and uh, and I was making my own schedule. And, you know, it's like if I needed a day off, I would just give myself a day off. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. And so so I realized that even when things were really bad and like I had less money than I had now and I was living in my car, not by choice, like I could still build a life for Mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. So it's like now when things are stable, let's put myself back into that position where I have to claw my way out of a hole, but actually do it with a little more experience, a little more preparation and, you know, let's see how far I can go if I recreate that situation where I have to challenge myself. I think that's, I think that's really cool that um, you had, you know, the, those, uh, number one, thank you for sharing that. I think that was pretty awesome. I, I didn't catch those set of videos. I think it's really awesome that now you're, you're getting another chance and you're taking, you're reattacking, putting yourself in an uncomfortable position and challenge yourself to build something up again, but not maybe from a, you know, more poverty stricken point, but now of like, you have more experience. Like you said, you have a lot more knowledge from your previous, um, previous things, but now you're like, okay, I can take a lot of those takeaways from the previous time I tried this now do it on a grander scale. Uh, but with, uh, a little bit more knowledge and a little bit more stability to start off with. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I think, uh, I think it's going to be interesting and I don't think a lot of people, you know, I think there's a lot of people who went through what I did, you know, mm-hmm. getting out of, out of bad situations and making a better life for themselves. Yeah. But then once they create that stability, they want to hang on to it. Um, but what I've discussed, you know, I, I hit a point in my life where I'm just like, you know what, this stability is preventing growth. I need to break some of that stability. Mm-hmm. I need to create a little bit of chaos in my life. And just go for it. And uh... <laughs> I laugh because that's something she does all the time. Like she gets, <laughs> she gets too comfortable with something, and then she was like, "I gotta you, right." You, you're, you're yeah. I say I can't, like I can't be too happy in life because then I'm like something has to go wrong. Like I need I need something to 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 be able to grow. Otherwise, I just feel stuck. You know, and I feel yeah, like things are going too well. Complacency, which isn't you know, yeah. is the enemy of growth. Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, so take us, so you decide to move, you hop in your, your car and you plan, you, you've told, you know, your previous employer, Hey, I'm going to leave. Let's prep for this. Let's develop this team. And then I'm going to leave. So you, you get here and at, 
and what's the first thing you do? I noticed that you started doing these meetups and these these little un, what I call underground, but like these meetups of entrepreneurs sharing ideas. Is, is like how did how did you link up with those, or how did you find out about those things? Yeah, so actually, a majority of those is just me going to meetup.com oh. and taking off all of the search filters and sorting by date. Oh wow! Like, and literally just going through the hundreds of entries of just all of the weird stuff that's going on. And I just go through everything. And then I, anything that's interesting, I throw it on my, I have a Google calendar dedicated to uh, Silicon Valley events that I think could be interesting. Mm -hmm. And I just throw them all in that calendar. And then as I was going throughout each day, I would look at the calendar and I would say, okay, which of the interesting events that I ran onto are either nearby or, you know, the potential for something interesting. Yeah. And so I would pack my days with like three meetups a day in the beginning. Mm. Um, because my belief, what my belief is, is that when a, you know, if you go to an area where you have no connections, like the first thing you got to do is start connecting with people. Cause you know, I grew up in this world, you know, I was a boy scout when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, we'd go out wilderness survival and, and the first thing that's going to kill you in the wilderness is the elements, right? You know, so you got to figure out shelter, you know, figure out, and then figure out water, food, that sort of stuff. But when I was looking at trying to survive in a city, what are the things that can go wrong? You know, it's like, it's not necessarily the wilderness that's going to kill you. It's other people. Um, so, you know, it's like safety was one big concern, but when there's other people around, like you building a, this uh, network of people who actually like support you and, and, you know, believe in the things you're doing and like, you know, having friends is one of the most important things you can do yeah. Uh, yeah. for, for your personal safety and uh, success. And uh, so it's like, okay, I have to go meet people. That's like, priority number one and what luckily a lot of meetups have free food so you know if you go to these meetups a lot of them you can get a free meal each day and so if you just kind of snack all morning uh you know you can just eat like a protein bar and some nuts throughout the day and then you get free pizza at your meetup each night <laughs> or something. so you can survive on practically nothing when these meetups are going yeah. the challenge has been now with the coronavirus that all meetups are canceled so oh, i've had man. to kind of shift gears but um but yeah initially it's like meet people human contact like having actual human connections is like one of the biggest safety nets and if you're going to an area and you don't know anybody if something goes wrong that's when you get screwed if you don't have somebody you know people looking out for you mm. So it's like, I need to go start making friends like from day zero. <laughs> like, well, number one, which meetups did you attend? Because I saw a couple of them, or at least the ones that I, I got tuned in. Number one, I saw that one where you it, it turned out to be a multi-level marketing one. I kind of laughed and chuckled <laughs> at that one just because I shared the same experience. I kind of was led to going into it going, oh, this is a cool event. And then you sit down, you're like, oh, this is totally not what you made it out to be. <laughs> You know, so yep. uh, of, of those, uh, like, which which were some of the ones that were like really cool that you attended? Because I I, li I love that you shared some of the ideas. Uh, the well, you didn't share them exactly, but you shared their core idea of like, what you learned. So I admire that you you gave it a little bit of secrecy because that's really cool about like what people are sh they're sharing, but at the same time they're working on their own projects, right? Yeah. So you know, when I was with with the meetups, especially, it was kind of. Um, what I found is it is kind of a numbers game. Hmm. Um, there is going to be a certain portion of them that are dead ends. You're going to go to it. You're not going to meet anybody. It's going to be not very great quality, but that's why I was doing like three a day because what I found is, is about one in 10 uh, meetups I would go to. I would actually meet somebody really interesting or really connected or, you know, or make friends with something, you know, it's like, so just by doing three a day, it was only yeah. like every few days I was like meeting. It's like, awesome. You know, this is, this was really good. And, uh, so I, by j just packing your schedule, um, you can actually meet quite a bit of people. And, and, uh, as long as you're friendly and, and, you know, it's like, <laughs> and I felt like the beginning is the time that you need to get out there the most, because that's when you're kind of high on all the excitement mm -hmm. and people are really drawn into 
these stories like wow you just moved here two days ago and you're living in your car like you don't have a plan you're crazy that's awesome <laughs> hang out like <laughs> um, you know like so i figured okay i have this brief window when i have a story that's going to draw people in like yeah. i have to get that out there and talk to p- as many people as i can to try to find the people who are excited by this sort of thing yeah and, uh, but yeah, a lot of the events were sort of dead ends, um, like the multi-level marketing, you know, that sort of stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'm not interested in that. angle. Um, I've, uh, yeah. So, it, and like some of them, you know, things that are like, you know, if there's a meetup that says like, learn about, you know, your financial independence or, you know, whatever, <laughs> like those ones are probably selling you something yeah. and they're not that interesting. Yeah. Um, the ones that are like, uh, mixers, you know, networking, specifically networking events. Um, those oftentimes are really fun. Um, sometimes like I've gotten some really good leads from going to an event that is literally just, Hey, we're go, you know, singing at a karaoke bar. Um, you would think that like, wait a second, like that's not like a business mixer, but a lot of times the, you know, people who aren't looking to network are the ones who are already successful and they just want to go have some fun you know, go out to the karaoke bar and you can actually meet a lot of, you know, I met lots of program managers and project managers just like hanging out in karaoke bars at, you know, things like that. Um, and through these meetups, have you uh, met like anyone like super interesting that like really stood out to you? Well, I mean, uh, I'm doing a startup now with a, you know, business partner that I met at one of these meetups. Fantastic. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, so, I mean, that tells you, uh, it's pretty great. Um, I mean, I, a lot of the, uh, a lot of times the young entrepreneurs groups, um, I mean, they have a higher frequency of, of having interesting people. Yeah. I've found, um, like I met some really <laughs> awesome people at some of those and, uh, just really building my network and, you know, and some of the places that I've couch surfed were yeah. at, you know, the places like that. Um, also, you know, one thing, one way to kind of build up some of these relationships is to jump into things where you're working with people. Um, so like when I was interviewed, I, I ended up getting interviews for Facebook. I don't know if you saw those yeah, I did. videos. Um, but so I went to some interview prep groups and I organized some study groups, uh, with people that I met at those interview prep groups, like oh, wow. some, you know, just like four of us or whatever, you know, it's like. And uh, those sorts of events, you end up getting pretty close to people because you're working together towards a common goal. Mm, And uh, and so that's where you can kind of build some tighter connections with people. And uh, and so so that those are those are good. But um, yeah, I mean, it's really just kind of all over the place. You you find things in areas that you don't necessarily expect. Yeah. So you um, you mentioned earlier and you don't have to again divulge too much you 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 are at a startup now you have a startup now with a business partner uh you doing the whole garage thing like the silicon valley uh startups have done i mean uh, that's kind of the dream right that's what everybody wants to do i mean they're to me that's kind of like the what's known about this area yeah it's it's definitely this kind of mythology that's built around a lot of these companies whether it's true or not um (laughs) Uh, you know, all the, you know, Apple and HP and Google, they all love to talk about their start in a garage. I mean, even though it was, you know, if you actually interview people in the beginning, you know, some of that is a little iffy, you know, it's (laughs) about which companies actually started in a garage, but, but like, because it's such like this, the, it's so iconic it's like, okay, that is on my bucket list. I am going to work on a startup in a garage at some point <laughs> in my life. Like, this, is, this is great. And so, uh, you know, I had been talking to this one guy that I had met and uh, about an idea and we kind of met a couple times and, and one day he's like, yeah, you know, I'm in this cottage in Palo Alto. You want to come over and work on it in a garage? And it's like, heck yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so like I'm sitting there and uh, you know we're sitting here with whiteboarding ideas and and uh, you know in a garage in Palo Alto and it's just like <laughs> okay this is great we're actually doing it in the garage like, <laughs> you know this, what's, this is what's so, funny this is so perfect yeah no absolutely you know it's funny uh, I moved here uh, maybe three four years ago 
and um she she grew up she even though she wasn't born here she grew up here a lot of her life and so turns out she was like hey i actually grew up near near steve jobs childhood home where they supposedly or did start uh apple and i was like no way and so we drove to it and uh it was just like whoa did they start it here i mean but the whole like the whole aura around just the garage startup was just kind of cool like that like you know, if you go down, literally down the street, the main campus is there and it's huge. It's, you know, it's just really cool to see where, uh, the humble beginnings, like you're finding out where it's a whiteboard and you're sketching out ideas. It's just two people and it can grow into something much grander. Right. And I think that's really cool uh, about this whole, about a lot of the companies that are in this area now, you know? Um, so I think now like, so now you're doing the garage startup thing. I, I and I'm I'm glad that that you've gotten to this point, but um you know, I, a couple of the videos you've addressed like homelessness, you know, I, I, and I can see that you're in your car now and you're you're you talk so candidly about about living um out of your car and couch surfing. How has that experience okay. been? Because I know in this area, uh, I don't know if you've noticed it, you'll notice a lot of these uh camper vans, the van life. A lot of people yeah. are sharing a similar story or or, you know, pursuing a different route, uh, but they are living out of a vehicle for the most part. How has, how has that been, that experience been living, you know, in this area? Yeah, it's definitely interesting because like, it's because it's so common here. Mm -hmm. It doesn't like, it's, it's really weird to, you know, be in a parking lot and look around and, you know, it's like, oh yeah, there's, there's like, five other people sleeping. Yeah. In this <laughs> yeah. <And> I, <laughs> um, so it's, it's definitely interesting. I mean, my story is obviously not the same as a lot of people's. Sure, um, a lot of people aren't doing this to necessarily challenge themselves. They're doing it because, you know, they are challenged mm. um, and uh, you know, by their life situation or whatever yeah. has whatever they've encountered. I mean, housing prices here are astronomical. <laughs> Tell me about and, it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, like one of the places I, I, somebody had me over in mountain view and uh, they had the tiniest one bedroom apartment. And they're just like, this is what 2,300 bucks a month gets you. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> yeah. the tiniest, tiniest apartment. And yeah. it's just like, dang. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, I think the, the, the thing for me is, um, because I came into this with preparation, you know, if I was thrown into this, it would have been a lot harder to kind of maintain this sort of lifestyle and not let it get the best of me because, you know, I, I actually did kind of a couple trial runs. Like I mentioned, I came down to Silicon Valley a couple times, just kind of checking things out. And I would do like a weekend or something mm. and I would, you know, and I saw real quick, like, okay, if you aren't careful, you're going to end up living in a pile of trash in your car. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like you see people that with trash piled all the way up you know, to the ceiling in their car and you think, Oh my gosh, that person has been doing that for years. No, they might've been doing it for like a couple of weeks because it is very easy to get things just to, to get out of hand real quick. And uh, so that's why I I really focused on developing this like minimalist lifestyle, Um, figure out what I absolutely need because um, uh, you know, I really didn't, while I'm living in my car, I'm trying to avoid the vagrancy look, you know, I'm trying to avoid, uh, you know, looking dirty and I'm, you know, you know, it's like, I, I, I try to keep my beard trimmed and you know, that sort of stuff. And, uh, so I can look employable and, and, uh, cause it's actually, you know, it's, it's sad, but it's actually a lot harder to get help if you don't look normal. I mean, like if you don't already look healthy and, and taken care of, you know, if you look like you're living on the street, um, it, it's sad, but it's actually, you know, it's, it's harder to make friends and make mm. connections with people and stuff like that, which is the best safety net you can have. Yeah. So when I went into this, it's like, okay, I am not going to let myself go down that road. You know, when I was, cause you know, when I was in high school, I, I've experienced that before. I remember being, you know, my hair looking all greasy and, you know, people commenting on how greasy I looked and stuff (laughs) (laughs) because I wasn't showering as often. And, you know, and so like I had to like start showering at a friend's house and, and, uh, but, um, 
Yeah. yeah. So it's like, okay, you know, I gotta, I got to stay on top of my personal appearance and hygiene very well. Mm. Um, so like I never go for more than 48 hours without a shower. Um, I wash all of my bedding at least once a week. Um, I wash like, cause it's, it's just yeah. real easy to get, th- get out of hand. And, you know, there's just so many things that I can talk about the, the homeless and homeless situation here because it doesn't really follow the rules of what people imagine homelessness is, you know, people have stereotypes of what it means to be homeless. One of the first things, you know, first weeks I was here and I was like going to all these meetups and stuff. People are like, this dude's not homeless. Like homeless, you know, it's like, you don't know what homelessness is. It's just like, okay. Like, (laughs) um, it's like, it's like, I've been through homelessness and it was not like this. You know, that was a very popular comment I got. And, And she's like, all right, you know what? Like homelessness is not one thing. Mm. Homelessness Mm -hmm. is not having a home. And it lives, it, it exists on a very wide spectrum in certain areas. It may look more like one thing. Um, is that, you know, as you drive around town, you say like, oh yeah, that guy looks homeless, you know? And then you just think that that's what homelessness is. But that is one specific type of homelessness. That is like maybe some, combination of uh you know either mental illness poor economic conditions addiction you know they they roll all of these things into homelessness and uh and say only this is homelessness but in reality you know especially here you can't be late you can't call one thing homelessness because it is this wide spectrum there's people that yeah, there's there's the stereotypical vagrancy homeless, but then there is, you know, the RVs like you mentioned. There's there's step vans. There's you know people that just live in their cars, like you know, or you know, just sleep in their car and then drive Uber during the day, or you know, there's yeah, yeah. you know people who couch surf. There's there's all of these different things, and none of these people have homes, right? And so are they not homeless because they didn't fit some stereotype? of what somebody decided homelessness is. Yeah. I mean, um, I think we got to be careful to uh, not label uh, things, especially if we want to make progress in solving some of these problems. You know, if we say like, oh yeah, like, you know, the trick to solving homelessness is X, Y, and Z. Like you're going to not really be helping the situation if you're not really taking the time to understand what is causing these sorts of things? Mm. What What's putting people in these situations? Yeah. And, uh, you know, people need to take the time to actually understand these people, what they're going through, what's putting them in these situations and realize that the few people they've met don't describe the entire population mm. because there's all sorts of people yeah. from every walk, of, you know, every walk of life out here. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, um, I think that's a very good point. Like there's different levels to, to homelessness, right? Like it is so apparent here. Um, and it's hard to describe for people that don't currently live here or have visited here a lot, right? There's, there are different levels, you know, and that might be down on their luck or somebody choosing to live it on living in their vehicle, live that way for, for that purpose or, you know, because of housing, I think, um, you know, I think you make a very good point that, you know, we need to, uh, in order for us to solve a pro- this problem or a you know, the homelessness issue is we need to understand what levels there are and understand from, you know, what, what get perspective, right. Of, 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 of it as a whole, before we can begin to even tackle it. Um, so well, I'm interested. So like living in your car, have, have you met other homeless people and, mm. and um, just kind of like yeah. found out like how, how they've gone into that situation? Well, I mean, I've, I've always been, uh, kind of just make friends with homeless people just because uh you know i'm not afraid of them you know and you treat them like human beings it's actually pretty easy to make friends with these guys yeah uh (laughs) so i mean this is i i've never uh you know my my whole life like i said i've always you know it's like any anytime somebody you know it's like i've given people rides and help you know set people up with you know it's like if somebody's like 
somebody comes up to me in a parking lot and they're just like, Hey man, like, you know, I'm homeless and somebody just stole all my stuff. It's like, all right, let's go into Walmart. We'll get you a tarp. We'll get wow. you a new sleeping bag. You know, it's like, yeah, I've done yeah. that like yeah, my yeah. whole life because I, you know, I know, yeah. you know, these are real people and they have needs and, and, uh, and so like, you know, and the same's here. Like I, I hang out and talk to some of these people, but at the same time, I haven't really been showing those interactions sure. because I mean, this isn't, uh, like these are real people. This isn't a wildlife yeah, safari. Yeah. That's fair. Um, and, uh, and I feel like trying to just show like, Oh yeah. Like look at this homeless person, you know, it's kind of exploitative, you know, yeah, that's yeah. not really what I'm, I'm respect- going for. Yeah, here. yeah. I, I, I respect and, uh, that. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, a, lot, a lot of people keep asking me, show us, show us what the homelessness is like, mm-hmm. you know, show us, show us what they're actually going through. It's like, I don't know how to show that without, you know, well, well allowing these people to keep their dignity. Right. Um, because like, like they're not, they're not just something to be observed. They're people that you need to get to know. Yeah. Um, and like, let's, let's treat them like that. But you know, these, the issues that lead people into these situations definitely deserve attention. And I'd like to figure out a way to give these people a voice. Hmm. Um, I haven't figured out the most appropriate way of going about doing something like that yet. Yeah. But I mean, even just talking about it, like on, on a, you who, who who's you know uh, is living through that now to some degree you know just talking about it and, and giving people uh, an audience that may be listening um, to our podcast like that you know it's a platform uh, you know you don't I think that's a great approach too you know I'm I'm glad that you've been you've talked about it and you talk about it so candidly with us um, so hopefully someone listening uh, or a group of people listening can 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 be more aware of it and present of it and, and, you know, uh, be more respectful of, of these people, you know, that are some, some of them might be down on their luck, you know? So I appreciate you sharing that perspective with us. Um, so, I mean, how important is it to, it seems like there's a driving force. You seem to be very disciplined, even in, you know, like you said, you know, you try you give yourself a standard. You, you try to give yourself, you know, don't go longer than 48 hours without showering, washing your bedding. For your, it seems like you have some degree of discipline. How important is maintaining discipline and or like giving yourself a standard? How important is that? Um, in your process. In your process, even through, let's just say, your, your, the meetups and with your startup. How important is discipline to you? It sounds like it's pretty. Yeah, I mean, definitely. So my, my philosophy in terms of... Uh, discipline is definitely less about willpower and more about setting yourself up to be accountable. Um, I found that, you know, things like reporting your progress on social media, for instance, um, that gives you a certain level of accountability when people are watching you, you know, you, you kind of have to perform. Um, like it, I, it would be very easy to slip down some, uh, like kind of slip backwards a little bit and be like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to take a couple days off and just be lazy or, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, part of being deciding to live in my car was to create extra push factor. Cause like if I came down here with a plan to like, you know, it's like if I made sure that like I had, you know, some income and maybe I had a cheap place to live or something like that, would I try as hard? Um, you know, if I don't, you know, it's like, I'm watching my bank account disappear. Yeah. You know, that all of these things, you know, it's like, I'm creating monetary incentives. I'm creating a level of discomfort. Like I don't have a comfortable place to go home and just chill. Mm. So what do I do? I work for 14 hours a day. Um, <laughs> like, cause what else do you do? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I don't like, I go and, uh, you know, it's like, I'll go park my car when I'm ready to sleep. And I just kind of go respond to social media stuff until I fall asleep. And yeah. that, but during the day, what am I doing? You're working. I'm working. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I had a, a house with a couch and a TV, do you think I would probably work as hard? I'd probably want to get home to some of that. Yeah. You know, so by eliminating some of those comforts of life creates this environment where what, you know, well, what do you do now? Mm. You know, might as well work. And I realized this, you know, because I, I started downsizing last year 
And, uh, you know, I actually, uh, kept downsizing and, and I realized that like when I was living uh, in situations where it was, uh, less comfortable, wow, I could focus at work better. Mm. Um, because I was thinking less about getting home. Mm. Makes sense. That's, um, that's cool. <laughs> and, uh, and so it's just like, oh man, it, it's like the more stuff and the yeah. more comfort we create, yeah. the less we want to push ourselves mm. because there's always that safety. There's that spot where we can just chill and turn off. Mm. Like I don't have a place I can really just turn off anymore. Mm. And in a city, there's nowhere like, you know, sometimes like if I have to, I'll go, you know, lay down on the grass in a park or something and just take a nap or something. Yeah, 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 but, yeah. uh, but other than that, like, there's not really a lot of options for me to go feel comfortable. And, and really everything I'm doing, you know, these situations, the, the, you know, the vlogging, the, uh, living in the car, all of it is really just about pushing yourself. And, uh, you know, it's something that I learned a lot about, you know, when I was, you know, losing weight last year and, uh, um, you know, getting more working on my health as I realized that, that like losing weight for, you know, getting fit really is less of a physical process and more of a mental process. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and it's all about creating all this, this world for yourself, You're trying to create a lifestyle of, of, you know, progress, you know, learning's the same way. You know, it's like the people who are the most successful in fitness are the ones that are just like, yeah, fitness is my lifestyle. It's not the ones that are like, I am going to work out for three months and I'm going to lose this, these number of pounds (laughs) and then I'm done. Like if you are doing it, if you have like a set timeline and it's like, I'm only going to be working hard for this period of time, you're probably not going to be that successful. Yeah. But if you're figuring out how to constantly make your life more focused on progress, on fitness, on learning, you know, these things, you always, keep getting better and you will keep going and, and you'll be the most successful, way more successful than the people who are like, if I can just get through my degree, you know, if I can just get through college, get through these classes, then I'll never have to take a class or learn again. <laughs> <laughs> like if you have an end goal for learning, I'm sorry, but you're probably not going to be that successful in life. Yeah. Like you learning should be a lifestyle. Mm. Like, my, when, when I finished college, my immediate thought was, okay, what, how am I going to keep learning? Not, oh good. Now I never have to learn a thing again. Like, <laughs> you know, so I kept doing like Udemy courses. I actually kept doing college classes. I negotiated for Fridays off at my glass job so that I could do continued education. And I would go take community college classes after I got my bachelor's degree. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's like, no, I think uh, just, that's huge. You know, like uh, something CC and I pride ourselves on is we we're constant learners, right? We, and we have uh, different interests and we, you know, we're, if we're naturally, we're both naturally curious, we just want to learn stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think uh, my friend used it in the terms of like psycho hobbyist, like you find something, you get super obsessed with it and you just read, you learn, you learn new yeah. things. Right. And I think, um, that's huge. Like CC, like wanted to learn some things to make her job a lot easier, and it had to require a little bit of um, programming skills, right? Like, um, yeah. So, uh, not programming. No, no one. No, it's not programming. Yeah. So, no one on my team really knows SQL. Um, and I was like, this is a need. <laughs> and I was like, uh, someone should learn this. And I was like, hey, you know what? Maybe I should learn this. So, yeah, I logged on to Udemy and I, I took a like beginner sequel class and like now I'm, I'm not great at it, but I'm like playing around with data, you know, and like learning how it all works. And, and she's using it in a use case, right? You're like, you're mm-hmm. using it for work. So it's like, there's, it's, it's kind of like, you're going to get reps and you're going to learn, you're going to keep going. And, 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 yep. you know, I think that's a testament to, to, and I, I'm glad that you said that to, to kind of a, don't see an end goal, keep going. And I think too many people get comfortable uh, like I'm in a home, I'm in a, you know, uh, I've reached my weight goal. Like, no, don't stop. Keep going. Like, there's no goal for me here. Like I, I want to, yeah. you know, and that's a good way to look at it from, from a fitness standpoint, like in life, like in your situation, like there's no real end goal. I'm just going to keep moving forward. And I think that's huge. You know, I'm glad that you said that. Um, 
But, uh, you know, one of the things I want to do here is, is new for us is kind of at the end. I'd like to ask you a set of questions, but they're for yourself. So, uh, and well, number one, what, what would you give to, what advice would you give Cody from a year ago? You know, future self to past self. A year ago. Yeah, or more, um, like past Cody. <laughs> <laughs> what, would, what advice would you give? To, what, what words of advice could you give to, to Cody from the past? Um, I think if the, the best advice I'd give myself in the past is probably to... That's that's a good question. So, <laughs> Take your time. It's okay. Take your time. It isn't. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, just realize that your observations are valid. You know, just sometimes you think that you observe something in life, and people will tell you that, like, oh no, that's not the best way to do it, but yet you feel like, you know what, I'm seeing this work for, you know, it's like, I, you know, it's sometimes, sometimes society or the people around you tell you there's one way to do something, mm -hmm. but your own logic and your own observations may tell you otherwise. Yeah. Sometimes you need to trust your own logic and observations a little more than the advice around you. Mm -hmm. Um, especially as you get more experienced. Um, it, it is nice in the beginning to lean on the advice of other people. Um, you know, people who've been through things, you know, people who, people who, uh, say like, oh yeah, I've made a million dollars and this is how I did it. This is the way to do it. You definitely hear them like, listen to that advice, but never ignore the observations you make yourself. You know, if you see something and you're like, you know what? I really think that this is a way that would work, mm -hmm. but it doesn't necessarily match what other people have done. Don't just ignore the, don't ignore that. Mm. Sometimes like it's that sort of thinking outside the box that really leads to success and your own personal observations. A lot of times are better than other people's advice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> great, great answer. Now the inverse of that, what questions would you have Cody of, for Cody of the future? What would you want to know if there's anything? <laughs> what would I, from, what would I want to know from your, from um, the Cody of the future? <laughs> oh, geez. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, there's just so many unforeseen events sure. that it would be nice to, to know, like what are the challenges that I'm going to hit, um, you know, what, what sort of things as I develop and grow, like, do I need to be watching out for? Mm. And it's, it's hard to say, you know, all week, like I said, you know, when, when you're, when you're, uh, navigating something, but sometimes you, uh, you know, you can lean on the advice of people who have been there and been down that path before, but, but, you know, sometimes some of these things I'm doing is sort of uncharted territory. And, uh, and so it's like, what sort of, pro what sort of things am I going to even encounter? Yeah. And, uh, I would love to, to ask my future self, like, <laughs> what do I need to be watching out for? <laughs> um, but, uh, cause I feel like there's so many unknowns and dark corners that, you know, especially in building a startup, yeah. um, that you got to watch out for. Absolutely. And, uh, but, you know, yeah. great, great, great answer. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, Cody, uh, where can our listening audience and viewing audience, if we do the video, where can they find you? Where can they, you know, follow your journey? Where can they learn more about what you're doing? Yeah. So, um, currently, a lot of my videos are um, posted on TikTok. <laughs> uh, my handle is Cody the Coder, just one word. And uh, I've also been reposting a lot of that stuff along with other pictures and random things on Instagram. That one, uh, it was Cody the coder, but with periods between the words, Cody dot, uh, dot coder. Mm -hmm. um, I am going to be rolling out a YouTube channel here shortly. Awesome. <laughs> and uh, um, I am looking for a little bit of uh, assistance. I'd like to get you know somebody to help manage that. Uh, if anybody out there is 
listening and wants to be a, a part of this journey. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe a film student or something out there. there that you wants go. To, hey, to that's awesome. Someone, yeah. <laughs> like that, that needs some experience. Um, I have a lot of ideas of, of where this could go on YouTube, but I just don't have the time. I'm doing this startup and yeah. I don't really have the time to manage all of these social media presences, you know, the, all these different realms of my social sure. media, but I, I do have uh, the channel Cody, the coder on a uh, one word on YouTube. And uh, there's going to be some content posted on there. I'm going to start probably doing summaries, um, you know, maybe weekly summaries and stuff. So that way uh, you don't have to see because TikTok, everything is kind of scattered and yeah, out of order. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, like having this conversation with you, it's like hard to know, like, okay, well, how much of my story has he actually seen? Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> um, I would love to start creating, you know, some summary videos and, and, uh, and things like that to kind of get people up to speed and, and kind of tell the story in a longer format on YouTube. But um, that's going to start showing up as I get a little more help on that. So just kind of throwing that out there. Anybody who's uh, interested in, in maybe uh, working on that uh, wouldn't mind, wouldn't mind uh, working with somebody, especially if they're in this area. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in the Bay area. Yeah, yeah. So I love to physically like connect up. with C and talk yeah. about, yeah, that's awesome. Well, Cody, yeah. I really do appreciate your time. Uh, I, I definitely, you know, want to continue. I'm glad that you're getting out on the, to the YouTube format, longer format. I would really love to stay connected with uh, just learning more about the journey and the process. I, I think it's exciting, you know, again, that that whole garage startup, the whole story of just taking a chance and moving. I'm just, uh, I think it's great. And I think the listeners uh, will will enjoy continuing following your story on social media as well, too. So again, thank you for your time. And thank you for, for just taking a moment to talk with us uh, on our podcast today. Yeah, of course. It was fun. I appreciate all the questions that you did great. All right, guys, a quick note before we sign off. I just want to say thank you for listening. And also thank you to Cody for sharing and really ins- his inspirational story with us and with all of you guys, the listeners. Um, we wish him nothing but success in his ongoing efforts. And we hope to catch up with him, hopefully in person, um, in the near future. And before we go, make sure you guys uh, follow us on Instagram. That's F2F Podcasts on Instagram um, and F2FPodcast.com or anywhere you guys listen to podcasts. Until the next one, we'll see you guys.